Hi, everyone. Welcome to Frankly, the energy podcast for founders. I'm your host, Siobhan Clark, where I'll be dealing it straight to you from entrepreneurs who have scaled and failed, investors who are passionate and seen it all, and leading tech voices that are looking to build moonshots to change the way we live. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Gray here, the CTO at BP Launchpad, back with another edition of Frankly. And again, we are back with another member of the portfolio. This time, we're going to be speaking with John from Onyx. John, could you introduce yourself? Hello, Tom. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is John Coltate. I'm head of product development at Onyx Insight. I'm based here in the UK, and I lead a team of engineers developing hardware and sensor solutions, mainly for wind turbines and renewable energy applications. Thank you. And maybe could you give everyone a bit of an overview of what Onyx does as well, John? Yes, sure. So Onyx is, at its core, a data analytics company. So we provide software and solutions for monitoring data from wind farms and large industrial machinery. And most of this data comes from wind turbines. And we're helping our customers to make decisions about operations and maintenance. So we're detecting problems early with these machines, and we're helping them to reduce their cost and operate their turbines in a more cost-efficient way. And there's three parts to the Onyx business. So we provide the software and the analytics tools. We also provide the hardware and sensors to collect this data, and that's the part of the business where I sit, where I work. And then thirdly, we have engineers and engineering expertise. So we've got consultants who can go in and help our customers to solve problems, We've also got engineers who can climb turbines, they go out into the field, they go offshore, and they get their hands dirty trying to solve these, these problems for our customers. And, and this mix of the three parts is what makes Onyx unique. And that's our strength, really. That's how we solve these problems for our customers and our end users. I come from a, I guess, unashamedly software background. And I guess one of the things that I've really learned being in Launchpad for 18 months is that hardware is really hard. I mean, it strikes me that Onyx is doing both hardware and software. I mean, I guess it gives you unique value, but I guess it probably comes with some unique challenges as well, right, John? Yes, yeah. The, the two parts of the business, there's a lot of similarities, but then there's, there's some differences. And, and where we've come from is we've come from a software and data analytics background, and then we've grown this hardware expertise. And obviously, we've learned a lot along the way, along the journey. And some of the challenges are the same, like I say. So... So things like development cycles and the way that requirements evolve and the way that we run development are largely the same. We can apply a lot of the same processes, a lot of the agile processes from software can be applied to, to hardware developments. But then there's some big differences. So one big difference is if you release a piece of software and there's a quality issue, you can roll out a new version. If deployed in the cloud, you can roll out a new version immediately or you can patch the software and fix the, the bugs. With hardware, once it's out in the field, once we've shipped a, a sensor system to the other side of the world, it can't easily be patched. We can push out remote software upgrades, but if there's a problem with the hardware itself, then that's a big issue. So the focus on quality is huge in hardware production and hardware development, and also kind of front-loaded. We need the quality of the hardware to be extremely good when it leaves the factory, when it's shipped to our customer. That's one big difference. Another big difference is around supply chain. So you might be aware that at the moment in the world, there are 
issues in electronics supply chain and, and the availability of components. You may have read that this has affected lots of the big global players, particularly in automotive and, and now consumer electronics. We have a lot of the same challenges and we can mitigate these, but we are planning production now over a year ahead and we're able to make changes in our design to overcome these challenges. But these are the kind of issues that you don't get in a pure software business. And it's funny, you talk a little bit about testing, I guess. In a software business, testing increasingly means sort of automated testing. But the testing regime for hardware is very different, right? Especially if you're looking at kind of certifications and things like that. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, and there's two angles to hardware testing. There's legal compliance, the things that we need to do to legally sell our product around the world to get things like a CE mark in Europe, for example. And then there's a layer on top of that, which is the testing to make sure that the product is reliable and robust for an industrial environment. And every time we release a new version, of the hardware. We, we spend a huge amount of effort internally and externally using labs to test the product to make sure it's reliable and robust. And some of this feeds into the legal compliance, things like electrical safety and EMC or electromagnetic compatibility. But other things focus more on the reliability of the product once it gets out into the field. It's absolutely fascinating. And I guess you're putting hardware into than the sales of a wind turbine. It's probably not the ideal operating environment for a piece of hardware. It has to be pretty rugged, right? Yeah, it's a, very much an industrial environment. So if you put a piece of hardware like consumer electronics in your home, it's quite a benign environment, really. In a wind turbine, it's a very harsh environment, particularly the electromagnetic environment. The hardware sits next to a huge industrial generator, obviously generating electricity from the wind turbines get lightning they have power surges regularly so our system needs to survive all these conditions and keep delivering data back to our software in the cloud ultimately it's amazing i feel quite sorry for it sitting there being struck by lightning and being fried by by a gigantic turbine could you tell me a little bit more about how you got started i guess as onyx with hardware it sounds like it wasn't something that was sort of originally part of of onyx how did you sort of bring the hardware aspect into the business? Well, Onyx started as a software and data analytics business. So we were analyzing data from wind farms, from sensors already installed on the machine. So for example, most offshore wind turbines already have what's known as a condition monitoring system installed. They already have sensors collecting vibration data from the machinery inside the nacelle. And we started off analyzing that data, providing our customers with the, the services to monitor that data and also the software tools so they can monitor this data themselves. We knew we needed our own sensor systems to address the parts of the market where the turbines didn't have sensors already installed. And there were systems already available in the market, but these were just too expensive. There was no point us developing a, a Me Too product, another expensive condition monitoring system. But what was happening in the wider market was a lot of changes were happening in technology. So the first one of these was in MEMS devices. And MEMS are microelectromechanical systems. And these are very small sensors etched from silicon wafers. And they're used in many applications. So they're used in automotive applications to trigger car airbags. They're used in mobile phones. So your smartphone knows which way up it is because it has a MEMS sensor inside. And they're used in things like video game controllers. 
And what happened is that technology kept advancing and it's now reached the point where we can use these sensors for condition monitoring. They now, they measure up to high enough frequencies that we can see the fault frequencies that we need to look at inside the gearbox and the bearings inside a wind turbine. So that was the first technology advancement that we really leveraged it in our hardware. And the second was in mobile computing. So now low cost mobile processing, the kind of processor that's come from mobile computing, mobile phone applications, we can now deploy that in an industrial system. It gives us huge computing power in the system at, at very low cost. So we took these two technologies and we developed our product, which is called EcoCMS. And this is a condition monitoring system. It goes inside a wind turbine, it gathers data from sensors, primarily vibration data from MEMS sensors. And, and these sensors are placed on the, the gearbox and on the bearings and the generator inside the wind turbine. We also collect data from other kinds of sensor that we connect to our unit, things like oil sensors, measuring information about the lubricant inside the gearbox. And this, this EcoCMS unit is connected back to our software and our analytics that sit in the cloud. And the engineers then use these tools to understand the health of the machine. And we've now shipped over 5,000 of these units around the world. We've shipped these to, to 20 different countries globally. So we're, we're really proud of this achievement that we've got systems all around the world, each system inside a wind turbine, all sending data back to our software in the cloud and, and helping the transition to renewable energy and reducing the cost of, of energy from wind power. And given all of that experience, what would you say to other people who are maybe founders sort of at the early stage? of that journey what advice would you give them if they're sort of looking at setting out on this journey of trying to build a business that is both hardware and software i think getting the two sides of the business working very closely together is important although they've got some demands are different as i said in hardware and software some of the challenges can be very different but some of them are the same getting those teams working together particularly around development processes and development cycles and also around the way that that the products are communicated to the market you don't want to be communicating in two different ways to the market. This should be one cohesive whole. And because the customer is not seeing two different businesses, the customer is seeing one solution. And that's what we're providing here. We're providing one combined solution. It just happens that behind the scenes is made up from sensors plus hardware plus software. But what the customer is getting is the benefit of all these things combined. Yeah, here, absolutely. And actually, it's interesting. I talk to a lot of early stage companies, and you're right, they sort of see themselves as either a software company or a hardware company, or sometimes you're right, worse, sort of the two kind of car crash together. But actually, you're right. I mean, as a customer, you don't care, right? As a customer, you just want a business outcome, whether that depends on hardware or software or both. It's, it's a really interesting point. Yeah. And, and as a business as well, it's important not to lose sight of the goal. The goal for Onyx is to provide the data analytics and the software. The hardware is the enabling piece that allows us to get the data and do the good stuff, as it were. When I'm recruiting software engineers, and so the software engineers that I've worked with, one of the things I often ask them about is sort of what personal projects they have at home, you know, and it turns out a lot of the best software engineers I've worked with, you know, they were software engineers by day, but they were also working on open source they were often tinkering with things in their evenings and their weekends. Is that true for people who work more in the hardware space as well, John? Yes, yes, it, it's absolutely the same. 
And, and what's happening now with a lot of Internet of Things or IoT devices and small computers like Raspberry Pis and Arduino boards is the line between hardware and software is quite blurred now. Yeah, when we're building our team and recruiting people, we're always looking at what kind of hobby or pet projects people are doing outside of work. And there's this, this saying that most innovation is happening outside of your company. I think that's partly true. And I think the way we can sort of leverage that is by finding people who are innovating in their spare time and playing around with the latest cutting edge technology at home. And then looking which of the interesting things out there in the market and what can we bring into the hardware and software offer that we're developing. So one example is we've got engineers in our team who are at home integrating IoT boards with home automation and central heating systems at home. And they're actually tackling a lot of the same challenges that we have in an industrial setting. As soon as you start connecting the central heating system to a web application, suddenly it's exposed to the external internet and you need to apply security. You need to look at reliability. You don't want this to fail. And there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in people's pet projects that we can learn about. The other interesting thing is that a lot of the new technology appears first in these kind of devices because the barrier to entry or the risk is very low. If someone's playing around with a project at home, they might play with a new technology. And if it goes wrong, so what? But if it goes well, there might be something very interesting there that we can start to learn from and, and pull into a future project. And what sort of things do you need to do then to turn those sort of hobby grade projects into the more sort of industrial grade applications and, and systems that you talked about earlier? How do you get it so your Raspberry Pi can be struck by lightning and still carry on doing the things it does? That's an interesting question. And I think it's a common misconception that you can take a, a proof of concept that you might do with something like a Raspberry Pi and then immediately market that as a product. There's actually a huge step to turn that, to, to productize that and industrialize that and turn that into something that we can then offer to a customer. So things like quality. You know, I spoke at the beginning about quality and testing, making sure that something is legally compliant, but also robust and, and reliable. That's a huge step in development. Things like temperature ratings. If you take hobby grade equipment, sometimes it won't meet the temperature specs that we need for an industrial application. Cyber security. Again, you might play with a piece of electronics at home and it might not be the most secure thing in the world. Put that into an industrial setting like a wind turbine. That's a power plant and cybersecurity is absolutely paramount in the requirements for any equipment that we put onto a power plant. That needs to be addressed. Also for industrial electronics for manufacturing, we need to make sure that the life cycle of components is long. So we can't have a, a component that's intended for a hobbyist that might go out of production a year from now or be replaced by a new version. We need components that have a life cycle of 10 years, let's say. So we're not having to constantly make design changes every time a component that goes into our system is coming to the end of its life. It sounds like I won't be shipping any of my Raspberry Pi projects as products anytime <laughs> soon, John. <laughs> I'm wondering what's next for you? What's next for Onyx? Well, what's next for us is... We keep adding to our data analytics ecosystem. We're adding capability around artificial intelligence and machine learning. We're also continuing to expand beyond just the drivetrain in a wind turbine. 
so where we came from was we started monitoring the gearbox and the bearings in a turbine. And, and historically, that was the, the biggest pain point for the operators of the machines. What we're doing now, we're expanding beyond this. We're, we're monitoring all sorts of components in the turbine. We're taking data from the turbine's controller. We're, we're identifying faults across the whole machine. We're applying AI and machine learning to identify faults that even a trained user can't see themselves in the data. And then we're augmenting that with more sensors. We're continuing to develop new hardware and sensor offerings covering more parts of the turbine. Uh, this improves the value that we deliver to our customers. It helps Onyx to grow, which is good. And, and ultimately it keeps these wind turbines running. It, it makes wind energy for lower cost, makes wind energy more competitive and, and helps the energy transition, as I said earlier. And I guess to finish us, is there any trends in the industry um, at the moment that are particularly exciting to you, John, that you'd like to share with everyone? There's a few things going on, particularly around edge computing. I know edge computing is a buzzword that's used a lot, but it's really around having more processing power in the devices. So in our case, the EcoCMS unit that sits in a wind turbine, that has a huge amount of processing power on board. Even our sensors have a huge amount of processing power. They have a microprocessor on every sensor, and, and we deploy algorithms on the sensors and on the units. And the thing with edge computing, it originally in industrial computing, users would use a workstation, and the processing kind of lived at the center, remotely away from the workstation, and that's the opposite of edge computing. And then what happened in industrial electronics, particularly around sensors, is that there was historically a limitation on bandwidth. And that meant you couldn't send a lot of information from the sensor. So that forced you to do processing at the edge and just send metrics back home. And now what we've got today is that bandwidth limitation has been removed. We've got loads of bandwidth. We can connect devices via 4G and send huge amounts of data back home. And now we've got this hybrid model where we can send huge amounts of information. We put data analytics and processing into the cloud we send raw data to the cloud and we can analyze that centrally, as it were. But also where we need edge computing, we've now got high-powered processors at the edge, which can crunch huge amounts of data and just send the important metrics or the important raw data back to the cloud. So we've got this hybrid model and that opens up loads of possibilities. And alongside that, we've got things like wireless communications, which are constantly developing. We now have technologies that are very long-range wireless but very low data rate transmission so you couple that with edge computing and you have devices at the edge which have all the processing just sending very small amounts of data back home over very long range and and these kind of technologies are very exciting because there's lots of industrial machinery around the world that where assets are distributed they, they're remote and it, it opens up huge possibilities for what we're doing in, in condition monitoring john Thank you so much. It's been really, really interesting. I think every time I talk to you, I learn something new. And it certainly taught me that software is a huge field, but hardware is an absolutely huge field as well. And as you say, really the best of both is when you bring the two things together to bring some kind of a solution to a customer in the way that Onyx has done. It's been really, really interesting. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about Onyx, um, do visit their website, which is onyxinsight.com. And as ever, our website can be found at bplaunchpad.com. Thank you, everybody.